She has voiced a character in 10 distinct video games. She's never put out an album, but has released songs with Steven Tyler and Rihanna. She's been nominated for five Teen Choice Awards. I'm Hope Carew. I'm Paige Smith. And this is Hayden Panettiere, part two. Hayden Panettiere. And it's also History Duffs. And it's also History Duffs. I don't know. It's okay. It's perfect. I was so, like, distracted by... She's she's in a song with Rihanna. I did not know this. Yes. Um, we haven't gotten there yet, but she did put out a song with Rihanna. Oh, wait. Actually, that kind makes of. a lot... That actually makes a lot of sense. Okay. I know what you're talking about. But yeah. we're not there yet. No. <laughs> but we're not there yet. It is 1999 we'll right now, okay? It is. Yes. Episode one ended with 1998. So this one's starting with 1999 and the movie Message in a Bottle. Message in a Bottle. Now, <laughs> Paige, did you watch this when it came out in 1999 or what were you up to in 1999? In 1999, I was four years old. Mm. Um, I did not know who Kevin Costner was, um, nor did I know who Robin Wright Penn was. She was Robin Wright Penn at the time. And um, you were four? And I you was still four. Didn't, you still didn't know who they were? Huh. Not a clue. Um, but I did watch this movie recently. Yes. Uh, I watched it. It was a whole two hours and ten minutes. I watched wow. the whole thing. Hayden Panettiere showed up in about the last five. <laughs> she didn't have a single line. Uh, she played girl on sinking boat. <laughs> mm. But mm. really glad I watched it. <laughs> How was she in that role? Oh, so good. It was you. I really believed that boat was sinking. What is Message in a Bottle about? Like sinking boat? Like in what era is this boat sinking? It's. <laughs> like is this a it was boat or like a pirate ship? It was not like, it was neither. Um, it was like a, what are, what other kind of boats are there? It wasn't a yacht. I thought they're just those two. It wasn't a kayak. Skipper. Um, but this was, it's a very romantic movie. It was actually the first Nicholas Sparks book that was adapted into a movie. Cute. Okay. And it's about a journalist who discovers a letter in a bottle and she tries to find where it came from, basically. And along the way, she finds love. What a coincidence that a journalist finds something interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, of course, when she's like, digging around trying to get more information she's discovered as a journalist that causes some tension and then a boat sinks no further questions it's a i would give more context but it really it's a it's a huge spoiler spoils the entire movie (laughs) so i don't know if everybody wants uh i don't know if everyone here has signed up for that okay so um if you want to watch message in a bottle where can where can you find it i watched it on YouTube. Mm. You can rent a lot of movies from YouTube. Shout out. Um, yeah, so that's Message in a Bottle. There's not a lot to talk about as far as Hayden Panettiere goes. She lived, if that helps, even though her boat sank. Oh, I, I, I didn't understand what you meant. I was like, wait. Yeah, I know that she lived. That wasn't up for debate. Yeah, easy to forget. Girl on Sinking Boat. Love Girl on Sinking Boat. Well... Luckily, uh, she, that's not the last we hear from Hayden, right? She doesn't just survive that tragic <laughs> boat accident and then, you know, we'd ever see for her again. We actually 
get to see her in some more media, uh, including Too Rich, The Secret Life of Doris Duke, which is a miniseries, and it is a very mini-series because it is only two episodes. It's kind of like a Downton Abbey-esque, like, two-hour special, and it's, like, turn-of-the-century American affluence and wealth and... Was Doris Duke a real person? Oh, Doris Duke was a real person, and I have a lot to talk about. I don't know her. Okay. This is crazy, because I watched this, like, two weeks ago, and then today, while I was, like, trying to find a podcast to listen to, they covered her on my favorite podcast, and I was like, wait, what? Because I listened to a true crime podcast, and I was like, wait, what? They didn't mention this in the two-part miniseries. They didn't mention the podcast? They didn't mention the crime. Wait, what? So they made a movie about a criminal and didn't mention the crime? Kind of, yeah. But, okay, yeah, tell me like, about let, it. I'm getting ahead of myself. So Doris Duke is a real person. Um, she was born in, like, t- t- turn of the century to this man named, like, something Buchanan... Duke, okay? John Buchanan Duke, I think. But everyone calls him Buck, even though his name is Buchanan. That's his nickname, okay? And he is, like, the wealthiest man in America. He, like, owns cigarettes. Like, he, like, invented cigarettes. (laughs) Well, he invented, like, the machine that, like, makes them in, like, mass production or something. Or he, like, inherited it. I mean, I'm butchering the history, guys. But this is about Hayden Penetier, okay? This isn't a history podcast, (laughs) It's history duffs, okay? But essentially... More than gossip, less than history. Exactly, okay? So (laughs) this guy is super wealthy, like, Monopoly man, like, just king of the world, okay? Wealthiest man in America, like, everyone knows who he is. And then he uh, gets married, okay? That happens, you know? And he and his wife has a son already. And he and he like tries to adopt the son and the and the son is like, You're not my dad. So he's like, Okay, well I don't have an heir, but oh, oh that's ooh, that's kind of stressful. You know? And then his wife gets pregnant at like forty two, which is like kind of unheard of back then, right? Like this is like the early 1900s you know like there's not a lot of like fertility med- like there's no fertility medicine it was like this total fluke right and the mom is evil <laughs> and she like hates Hayden Panettiere oh she hates her baby essentially she resents the baby like it's this whole thing but the baby is Doris Duke, okay, and he is the apple, or she is the apple of her dad's eye, Buck, like the rich guy. He is like obsessed with baby Doris. And the mom wants like nothing to do with her and is like really like mean to her. And it's like really sad. And like the scenes with young Hayden are, or Hayden playing young Doris are like really heartbreaking, okay? She's like, wearing her mom like she's like oh mother you look beautiful and she's like don't fuss mama and she's like mama doesn't like to be must <laughs> and the dad's like it's okay you're my little princess 
And then, like, her dad is like, look, you're wearing your mom's fur coat. Like, you're so cute. Like, and the mom is like, take that off immediately. So scary, okay? And then Mr. Buchanan, Buck, gets, like, sick. He has, like, some sort of, like, episode or something, right? And so they, like, put him in bed. And they have all, like, the butlers and the maids, like, taking care of him and, like, the doctors there. And it's, like, the middle of winter in New York or, like, Philadelphia. Okay, so it's freezing. And the mom is, like, open the windows and turn off the heat. And they're, like, no, ma'am. No, we certainly, we shouldn't do that. Like, and she's, like, I'm from the South. And where I come from, like, we believe in, like, you know, like, freezing off the fever or whatever like her justification was she's like oh she's like we believe that fresh air is like the cure okay but she's really just like trying to like kill him low-key and she's like sitting in his room with like her big fur coat on and she won't let Hayden Penetier in and Hayden's like sobbing outside the door and she like loves her daddy like and he loves his his Doris also, when Doris was born, this was not in the movie, and it should have been. When Doris was born, he he was, like, first of all, like, a germaphobe. And so he didn't want her, like, out in the world because of, like, germs. And also because she was, when she was born, the richest girl in the world. That's what she was called in all the newspapers. And he was, like, she's a huge target for kidnapping. So he, like, wouldn't let her go to school and in the Hayden video, she, she's like, why can't I go to school? And he's like, because of germs and kidnappers, honey. <laughs> but he gets a car, like a limousine, and he names it Doris. And it's like filled to the brim with like champagne and cigarettes. And it's so that they can like travel as a family without having to like be in the outside world. And the car has a private chef. He names the limo after his daughter? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so that's happening. <laughs> but the mom, like, totally resents Hayden, so we're back to, like, her dad's essentially on his deathbed, right? And then, like, Hayden's saying goodbye to him, and he's like, Doris, don't trust anyone. Okay, and then he, like, dies. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I won't, Daddy. <laughs> it's, like, so sad. Okay, so she's 13 when her dad dies. And then her mom tries to sell Duke Estates, okay, which is, like, this huge, like, family property that's, like, 2,000 acres and has literally, like, 40 houses on it in addition to, like, 20 greenhouses. And, like, it's, like literally open to the public like an almost like a national park but it's like their family home and except when Doris was born the dad was like okay people can't just come in here anymore I don't want her to get kidnapped um because as soon as Doris was born she starts like receiving these letters and so when her dad dies her dad never let her read the letters then her dad dies and Doris is like what's all this mail and they're like oh you shouldn't read it and then her mom is like let her read it and she like rips open a letter and it's like a death threat against her and she like rips open all of these letters like Santa Claus bag full of letters and they're all like death threats for her and she's like she needs to know the truth like everyone wants her dead 
Like, the mom is so evil. It's crazy, okay? Crazy. But she's also like, you have to protect yourself, Doris. Da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, Doris gets older and older in the movie. She's played by multiple different people, including Lauren Bacall, which is, like, crazy for Hayden and Lauren to not only be in something together, but to share a role. Yeah, wow, that is interesting. Right? So, yeah. Hayden herself is only in episode one, but I did watch all of it, and then I listened to this podcast because the story is, like, so insane. But her dad, you know, when he died, he also, like, bequeathed $40 million to Trinity University in North Carolina, which was then renamed Duke University, so that's where Duke I've comes heard of it. from. Yes. And then when he died, oh yeah, that, he, that was before he died, he gave 40 million, then after he died it was like 65 million. But essentially, Doris is his sole um recipient in the will. Like the mom didn't get anything. It's like all to Doris. I mean, the mom it's like you'll be taken care of, but it's like all Doris's money. And the mom hates that, and she's like trying to sell the Duke Farms as like f you doris like i'm getting rid of your like your childhood home and doris sues her mom at 13 years old and wins like it's i mean she should but it was crazy and it's like hayden's like you can't treat me like this and i found out that she went to the same um school in new york that my aunt went to which is cute it's called rearly wow Yes, but apparently she wasn't really popular there because she would, like, bring the letters in, like, the death threat letters. And she'd be like, isn't this, like, crazy? Like, ha-ha. And everyone was like, we don't relate to that. Like, that is too crazy. Yeah, so essentially she had, like, in her later life, like, a, a string of kind of disappointing romantic relationships that just left her, like, more and more bitter. And then... She, like, goes to Hawaii on this, like, retreat, and she's, like, doing yoga, and she meets this woman named Chandy, okay, Chandy Hefner, and she says that she's, like, estranged from her family. She makes it out, like, that she's, like, a Hefner Hefner, you know, and um, Doris is, like, I feel like you are the reincarnated soul of like the baby that I miscarried and like you are my daughter and like is totally like brought in like in like manipulated into adopting this woman who's 35 so she adopts her and then she like they have this like fake kind of mother and daughter relationship for a while and then it's kind of like as soon as she's adopted she's like starts blowing off Doris and like not wanting to spend time with her and then like Doris is like oh no this was all about the money meanwhile Chandy had brought in a butler named Bernard and Bernard is like an alcoholic okay and that's like a known thing about him and they like scream at at that at him sometimes but then Bernard is like Chandy doesn't love you like the only person who's here for you is me and lo and behold he like convinces her to get a facelift 
and then she has a lot of like medical complications from the facelift and he's like manipulating her medication and like making her not mentally well and like all the other staff in the movie are like certainly we need to call a doctor and he's like I'm the doctor they're like you're a butler Bernard he like gets her to change his will and gets him gets her to leave everything to him like it's this really sad story right that's what the biopic was about and it's like no one loved her because she was too rich yes then I listened to the true crime podcast and there's this whole other story with like during after Chandy but before Bernard killed her she has like a basically like a gay best friend who's like an artist that she kind of like represents in a way where she's uh, like gives him money you know and then she but she expects like companionship in return but then she becomes like very clingy and essentially she ran him over with her car and the paper boy saw it but the story got buried because she's so wealthy and she was like donating all this money to Newport um, like the city of Newport like to build these historical houses okay mm-hmm. stay with me so they like kind of covered it up and she never had any like consequences to this like at all and it was only in 2020 that like this article came out because the paper boy came forward and was like I saw it I, I said I, I, I rode up on my bike and I said like what's happening and she screamed at me and then I told my dad and my dad told me to never say anything about this ever again because like he thought they were going to have me killed and like insane but they didn't even put the juiciest part because in here the story was so buried you said it was until 2020 yeah but this is like it's really interesting though too though because Susan Sarandon and Ralph Fiennes are in a movie about the relationship between the butler and Doris and so I'm wondering like if I watched that would I find this other character the man that she allegedly killed is named Eddie I'm like interested to see like if in these other stories and retellings of her life is it gonna be I don't, I don't see not. how it can be if it didn't come out until 2020. Well, the truth the truth that she did is mm-hmm. what came out. But their relationship has been known mm-hmm. for a long time. So they didn't even, like, touch it. Like, they didn't even include the relationship. Because this man, like, lived with her in her house for, like, years and was, like, her best mm. friend. So that's all been known. And there was, like, a, there was, like, a case... But she was not found, like, responsible for anything until 2020 when the witness came forward. Got you. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> I listen recommending to Morbid um, or watching Too Rich, The Secret Life of Doris Duke on, I think I watched it on Peacock. I feel like I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I watched like a. That's pretty much the whole the whole yeah. thing. Well, <laughs> what can I tell you? But go check it out if you want to hear the story again. <laughs> Sorry that I'm thorough. I guess you're not gonna love this next story about touched by an angel. <laughs> no, I go for it. Let's hear it. I, oh, uh, guys, 
Have you ever seen Touched by an Angel? First of all, I want to know. Like, Mm-mm. do you have any idea what it is? If you Mm-mm. had to guess, nothing. nothing. Okay. I mean, if I had to guess, I would imagine it's sort of like a seventh heaven, like just a really Christian drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, that's not a terrible guess. So I looked up the the definition because I had also like I've seen it, I've heard of it, but I also didn't really understand. So it is an American fantasy drama series from CBS, premiered in 1994, has 211 episodes, nine seasons, blah blah blah. Um, but it's about this angel named Monica and her supervisor Tess and it's like throughout the series Monica the like angel in training I guess has to like help individuals that she finds and bring guidance and messages from God to these people who are at a crossroads in their life so it's like every Mm -hmm. episode is different but it's like Monica Today you need to, like, help this man find his dog. And tomorrow you're going to be, like, in Peru. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's very 90s. Mm-hmm. Very, like, um, ch- chicken soup for the teenage soul. If that was a TV show. Got you. Okay, so Got Hayden you. was in an episode. Uh, <laughs> this episode was honestly insane. I'm really glad I watched it because I really... I'm glad I just it's really bizarre it's really bizarre it's about this astronaut um well do you want me to read the description I'm just gonna read it the angels must help a woman astronaut find her faith after her mother's death she goes on a space mission and while working outside the missile her her tether cable becomes loose she is unable to contact the team inside the missile oh okay I guess that's all they're saying but what happens? <laughs> I love that they clarify that she's a woman I know. astronaut. What are they going to say? Astronet? <laughs> Just astronaut. Astroness? <laughs> <laughs> she's not a real astronaut. She's a she's woman, a woman astronaut. astronaut. Yeah, I, I clocked that as well. <laughs> so what <laughs> happens is, like, she's, like, works at NASA, and she's, like, in a plane and she comes out of the plane and her boss is like I've got to tell you something and she's like no you can't tell me anything I'm on my way to see my mom and and he's like your mom's dead and she's like no it's because she was a Christian and God didn't save her she should have done chemo like instead of like prayer or something okay Okay. That's the message that's happening at first. Okay. So then she goes like back to NASA like the next day and one of the guys comes up to her and he's like, Hey, we've got a little girl here from like the make a wish foundation. She says, you're her favorite astronaut. And she's like, how can I be her favorite astronaut? I haven't even been to space yet because she's like going to space tomorrow. And he's like, listen, she wants to talk to you. Like, you should see her. And she's like, why? I don't have time for this. And he's like. Can I make a guess? Yeah. Is the astro- is the is the little girl her mom? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> like, she's already been reincarnated. She's already been reincarnated <laughs> into the body of nine-year-old Hayden Benagier. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was my guess. Go ahead. <laughs> um, 
She's like, why should I see this girl? And he's like, well, because she has a brain tumor and she needs surgery. And, like, you need to just deal with it and say hi to her, okay? You weirdo. Like, just do it, okay? And so she's like, fine. She's like, has, like, a really bad attitude. And she, like, goes and she, like, meets Hayden. And Hayden's like, wow, you're so brave. I hope I'm brave. When I have surgery, like it's really like you know she's laying it on thick, and she's so cute, and the at the the woman astronaut honestly is having nothing with it. Like she does not care. It's like weird. She's like, okay, kid. Well, I haven't been to space yet, so yeah, I hope it goes well for you. And she's like, will you tell me it's gonna be okay? And she's like, uh, okay. Then she hands her a letter, and she's like. I figured that since you're going up there, that maybe you could mail this for me. And she's like, what? And she's like, I wrote a letter to God. So she writes this letter to God and she gives it to the astronaut and it's like, mail this for me when you're in space. Okay? Mm -hmm. Heart wrenching. Mm -hmm. So sweet. What Mm -hmm. does the female astronaut do? She's like, sure, kid. She walks away and she throws the letter in the trash. Heartless. (laughs) Heartless. <laughs> Heartless. Cannot forgive her. There's no coming back from that. Oh. Or is there? Because then when she's on her flight, or, you know, what's it? When she goes into space. On her flight. <laughs> when she's on her American Airlines flight. <laughs> uh, imagine the miles. <laughs> <laughs> But while she's while she she gets up there, right? And then she like has to go out into space and do her job where it's like gravity. She's like floating and like fixing stuff, okay? She's out mm-hmm. there and her tether get gets loose and it's like, "Oh no, moment of panic." She's like detached from the boat. They like can't hear her anymore. And then what appears out of nowhere floating in front of her? A mailbox. The letter. <laughs> Oh. A mailbox is okay. a really good guess. And it's the letter, and she's like, what? And she, like, opens the letter, and it's like, dear God, I'm scared. Like, please make me brave for my surgery. Like, and at first she's like, what's this doing here? God isn't real. And then by the end of it, she has, like, a vision of her mom or something. I don't know. The plot – you start to lose the plot, but essentially then she becomes like Christian by the end of it. And she like mails the letter in space after reading it. So she reads it and just throws it back out there. Yeah. Okay. Mailbox would have been better. (laughs) The mailbox would have been infinitely better. I'm like, (laughs) I'm really, I wish that I could go back in time (laughs) and, and add a mailbox and post. (laughs) In post. <laughs> hey. But, yeah, Hayden does a great job. She's just, like, a sad little girl. She plays sad, emotional girls very well. She's amazing. She's a little evangelist. A little She's evangelist. A great little... Yeah. We love it. Oh, wait. Actually, wait. There's another moment. It's that then when she gets back into the <laughs> safety of the, like, ship or whatever, she, like, is, like, Houston, Houston, and she's, like, is Diana there? And she's and mm-hmm. Diana's there. That's Hayden. And she's like, it's going to be okay. Or something. She's like, I mailed your letter. 
And so they talk to her in the control room. And then Hayden's like, yay. And I'm like, okay. Interesting. Did they ever explain, I'm curious, why the astronaut is her, why it's her favorite astronaut? She doesn't sound like a famous astronaut. No, and she's, as we discovered, a bitch. (laughs) Mm, Right, right. No. And I think it's maybe, I think the implication is potentially that it's, it's the angel's the guardian angels because they're there in the episode the guardian angels gotcha they're like helping her with her like tether and she you know it's like they participate mm-hmm. sometimes they're ghostly but sometimes they're real i see okay i'm going to have to check it out everyone go watch um, touched by an angel when does it air <laughs> uh it airs in 1999 Okay, everyone, go to 1999 to and watch Touch Fine turn Angel. on CBS. <laughs> <laughs> well, you watched a TV movie. Tell me about it. I did. I watched another uh, project of Hayden's from back in 1999. It's called If You Believe. Um, if you I didn't believe. take nearly as thorough of notes, though, so it's going to be a lot shorter <laughs> of an explanation. Then, uh, basically, <laughs> than my monologues? Okay. Yes. Um, basically, it is about a jaded book editor. Okay, yes. it's first of all, it's a Christmas movie. Just to lay the you know set the scene, she's a jaded book editor. She hates Christmas. Her family's like, don't come around here anymore. She Sold. doesn't even believe in Santa, if you can believe that. I can't. If you believe that, um, you've got a picture she- perfect plan. <laughs> She is visited uh, by her younger self, played by Hayden Panettiere. Uh, So her younger self appears to her and tries to help her, like, get excited about life again, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's really, she's just all about her job, and she kind of hates her job anyway. She hates her family. She hates everything. So her younger self kind of helps her. It's not super Christmassy. It's set at Christmas time. But the Christmas themes are not that uh, not that strong. Does she fall in love with like uh, someone that she butts head with? Butts head with? Yep. <laughs> yes, exactly right. It's an enemies to lovers situation. Um, a guy, uh, an author, a writer. Basically, she's got a this. Book she's got this like and an author. It could never know, stay, work. Stay with me. <laughs> I swear. Um, she has this sort of, she has a really, a really sweet assistant. I was going to call her ditzy, but she's really not. The, the, the main character is just really hard on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she comes to her with like, my friend wrote this book. If you have a chance to read it, like, you know, give it a try. And she reads it and she likes it. And it's not perfect. It's a new writer. So they have to spend a lot of time together fixing it. Okay. Younger vibes. Yeah, kind of younger vibes. And the the author is played by Tom Amandi. Tom Amand Amandi? I don't know how to say his name. But he is also the titular character in Billboard Dad. <gasps> He's, He's the, the Billboard, Billboard Dad. Dad. Did you recognize him right away from his Immediately. Billboard? I said, is that the Billboard Dad? And then I had to Google it really quick. But it it is the Billboard Dad. That scene where they paint that billboard that is clearly a picture but they paint it well I think they paste it 
I think they're pasting. I haven't seen Billboard Dad in a while. I think they paste it up. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Because I remember as a kid being like, that's infuriating. You can't trick me. That's also something that bothered me. And so that's why I think I've thought about it more as an adult and have come to the conclusion that they must be like gluing it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad that we both had the same reaction where we're like, hey. Well, we were children when that came out. We had put up very few billboards of our own. Yeah. I don't know how those pictures get up there. Well, now we do, now that we're adults. Now we do, exactly. Now that I've seen Billboard Dad, I know how they do it. <laughs> um, but the movie was really good. It was really sweet. Hayden Panettiere is obviously so just spunky. She's, like, such a cute... She's got so much charisma, even as a really young actress. Um, and it's interesting, too. It's very much, like... You know, a lot of people talk, a lot of people that go to therapy now talk about like inner child work. Mm-hmm. And this is like exactly what the movie is about. And there's even a part where Hayden Penetier says, I'm your inner child. Well, now I'm your outer child. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, that's the thing. Like Hayden Penetier as a kid has been with her her whole life. Like she knows, you know, the situation she's in. She's just still like a cute little, you know, seven year old, eight year old. Yeah, that is cute. That is, <laughs> I'm your outer child. Cute. I feel yeah. like Hayden Panettiere yeah. has played lots of people's younger selves, their inner child. Like Lauren McCall. I think McCall. she's got one of, yeah, which I was going to mention this earlier. Um, it'll come up later on the pod too, but Hayden Panettiere and Lauren McCall are in another movie together when they're older. What? Stay tuned. <laughs> Come back for another episode of History Dubs to hear about it. Whoa, okay. Yeah, that's gonna that's what's gonna bring me back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you can't look it up yourself. You have to wait till I tell you. I yeah, I won't. I already forgot what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's everything she did in nineteen ninety nine. It feels like a lot, but really we just had a lot to say. <laughs> You're like throwing so much shade at me for having the longest doors Duke story, but I can't help I can't help it. <laughs> no, I'm not mad about it. It's just of all the things we've talked about, <laughs> too rich the Doris Duke story deserves a really deserves a big chunk of episode two. <laughs> it's what Hayden's best known for. It is. Well, what what are we going to talk about? The 2000 hit movie Dinosaur. Fine. I'd love to. <laughs> Fine. Tell me everything. <laughs> I watched Dinosaur for the first time today. Um, I remembered it being advertised when I was five, but I don't think I ever saw it. Uh, Story of Dinosaur. So it's a Disney movie. It's an animated Disney movie. It's actually the second computer animated film to feature no humans at all after A Bug's Life. Another So the Hayden. first two... Second or the first two computer animated films that don't have any humans in them, Hayden Panettiere's in both. That's some good trivia right there. That really is. I've always wondered. <laughs> um, so according to IMDb, this is what the movie's about. An orphan dinosaur raised by lemurs joins an arduous trek to a sanctuary after a meteorite shower destroys his family home. Uh, with the fam- dinosaur who's. The family home being the lemurs' home or the dinosaurs' home? Um, his, his family is lemurs. 
Okay. But he, well, he was raised by lemurs, but the lemurs and the dinosaurs all live in the same place. What kind of dinosaur? Uh, I don't, I do, I don't know how to say the names of dinosaurs. <laughs> okay, well, can get long neck or little, big neck? Long neck, a long neck dinosaur. <laughs> okay, uh, so a bronchiosaurus, I think. I don't think it was that. It's also not, <laughs> I don't know anything about dinosaurs, but this wasn't the Jurassic era. It was the Crustaceous. Cre- cre- yeah, yeah, it was that. I hope we get, like, era. canceled by dinosaur TikTok. <laughs> no, I hope they help us out. I feel like anyone on dinosaur TikTok would be really kind. Yeah, Ross Geller vibes. Yeah, yeah. Like, just excited to teach. <laughs> Happy to be here. Um, but Hayden Panettiere plays Suri. She's a baby lemur. She's a little a little uh, baby of the adopted dinosaur. Uh sister that's the word (laughs) adopted sister of the dinosaur um and her name was surrey six years before tom cruise and katie holmes named their daughter surrey so probably the origin story probably yeah where else where else would that have come from do scientologists believe in dinosaurs that is not a question for me that's a question for a scientologist my family's very into this idea that I look like a lemur, and so there's lots of pictures of me, like, whenever we're at a zoo. Like, I'm always po- – I, I also think I kind of look like the lemur, so I'll, I'll like, pose next to it, you know. You just have big, beautiful eyes. Yeah, and delicate, creepy hands. <laughs> <laughs> the two things that lemurs are known for. Um, So, Dinosaur was – the it was the fifth highest grossing film in the year 2000 after Mission Impossible 2, Gladiator, Castaway and What Women Want. Okay? Whoa. Um it was also the most expensive movie to come out in 2000. That makes sense. Unofficially it cost 200 million dollars to make. And officially? <laughs> um officially 130 million, but oh. unofficially Two hundred million dollars. <laughs> How do they? Determine I remember what's unofficial. I, that uh, uh, that's another question for a Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> Not one for me. Only Scientologists know how much they spend on dinosaur. <laughs> I think that's what they pay all that money for. Um, the uh, I forgot what I was going to say. My brain just went empty. The budget for Dinosaur? (laughs) Oh, that was all I had to say about the budget. But um, I remember when this movie was, like, being advertised. I remember the commercials on TV and everyone being so hyped because it was, like, such a feat. Like, a cinematic feat. I don't know what Mm -hmm. another word for it. Like, Like, it was just such a huge... Like, like nothing had ever... Mm, no. Well, no, because Tangled... Well, well, do you know what I'm talking about? Tangled was like a very expensive animated movie because it was like the first to do the kind of animation that it did. Oh, I guess in that sense then, yeah. It was like supposed to be like super realistic and just really impressive, a really impressive film. Um, But obviously watching it 23 years later, it's kind of, you know, the technology... 
was probably impressive for 2000, but watching it for the first time in 2023, I was like, this is what everyone was going so crazy over. <laughs> what What would you compare it to? Um, Have you ever gone back and watched Toy Story now as an adult? Yes. It just, it kind of looks older. It's just a little flatter. I don't know how to, mm-hmm. it, I don't know the words for it. I don't have the terminology for it, but it just looks older I don't know still hey it still slaps love it it still slaps I I want want you to know Toy Story fans coming for me I just googled dinosaur I was like I should look up I just (laughs) want to see what it is and then I was like wait why is it just pictures of dinosaurs (laughs) so I do that all the time with things yeah my face when okay this dinosaur yeah has like a creepy little mouth yeah. Um, accurate. Sorry, paleontologists. We're just pissing off everybody today. <laughs> Sorry, paleontologists. What are you going to do about it? Not much. Um, also in 2000 was Remember the Titans. Yes. Did you – have you ever seen Remember the Titans? I have. Any, any good memories to share? <laughs> um – like a certain time when I watched Remember the Titans? Yeah, I don't know. For me, like we I always watched that movie at school. Like it was like I watched it at like either like summer school, like you know, day camp kind of program or like rainy day. We would watch Remember I the Titans. I also have a yeah, I also have a memory of a vague fuzzy memory of being in the classroom watching Remember the Titans. Yeah, and it really scared me. Like and I watched it again. My roommate loves it. We watched it again and It scared you? Yeah, because the, like, the racism is really scary, and the white men in this movie are terrifying. Like, this movie feels like it is just about, like, toxic masculinity and, like, the role that plays in race relations in the 1970s. Like, it, it is, like, scary at times, and these people are, like, seething with hate, especially at the beginning of the movie. And, you know, there's, like, they throw, like, a brick through... Oh, well, I guess I should talk about the what the movie is, but um, before I go into the details of all the reasons why it scared me, <laughs> let me read you the description, okay? It's based on a real story, um, but it is about the true story of Coach Herman Boone, portrayed by Denzel Washington, and his attempt to integrate the T.C. Williams High School football team in Alexandria, Virginia in 1971. So what happens is that like the main coach of this team is a single dad. His daughter is Hayden Penetier, and she is like a tomboy through and through obsessed with football, okay? She is like the biggest fan and is constantly like, come on, coach, what do you have, shit for brains? And it's like she's like seven or, you know, nine, Okay, so uh, they make moves like in legislation to integrate the schools and um, essentially what happens is that in this shifting, they had to give a position like they had to give a teaching position to um, someone from the other school. And so Denzel Washington took over as the coach, if that makes sense. Like they didn't they basically wouldn't let any other. Um, like black faculty members like teach so the compromise was like you can 
you can we'll 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 have a black coach essentially. Okay. Not that Denzel Washington wasn't qualified. He was, but it was like that's the reason why he took over the job of the guy who'd been there for like a million years, Hayden Penetier's dad. You understand? So mm-hmm. Hayden Penetier's dad is like, uh, this sucks. <laughs> Essentially. But Denzel Washington is like, hey, like I would I would love to have you on as like my defense coach. And and the and Hayden's dad is like, and I would work under you. And Denzel's like, I mean, only if you think about it like that. Because, like, he's, like, proposing a partnership. And he's like, no way, okay? And Hayden's like, get out of here. And then it's, like, announced that the coach is, like, retiring. And, like, all the boys on the football team start freaking out in this, like, town hall. And and they're like, well, if coach isn't going to play, then, like, I'm not going to play. And, like, we should go beat them up. And, like, they think they're going to take over our school. And it's, like scary and like oh you know it's just it's just bad history and then the the guy's like uh okay fine I'll I'll teach I'll be the defense coach after all I'll stay I'll stay because he's like I love these boys and like I don't want them to give up their futures playing football out of like protest for me okay mm-hmm. so then when Denzel like takes over um they go to like football camp and he like they start off like the two it's basically he's integrating two teams right and so and there's like huge like racial issues between the two of them like and so no one wants to talk to each other and then Denzel is like okay we're mixing things up he like assigns like every like white kid a black kid and vice versa he's like you guys are bus buddies and roommates now and we're gonna like be friends and bond this team or we're going to run a mile every time like you know and so he would quiz each other quiz them on how well they knew each other and essentially by the end of the two weeks it's like one happy team they love each other racism has been fixed cured it's over it's absolved and then they go back to the real world and like the main football player like the hot one or whatever I don't know I don't know why I called him the hot one, <laughs> but he kind of is. His name is, uh, uh, what is it? Hal or Hank or Gary. It's Gary. Okay. It's Gary. Sorry about that guys. It's Gary. Oh, Donald Faison is in this movie. Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. is on the football team. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they go back to school, and Gary tries to introduce Julius, who's black, to his girlfriend, Kate Bosworth, and Kate Bosworth, like, refuses to shake his hand, and she's like, you need to get your priorities in order, and he chooses his team and his relationship with Julius, like, over Kate Bosworth, but they kind of are, like, back and forth a little bit throughout the movie. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. about how the team, like, gets to the state championship. And essentially at the very beginning of the movie, or, like, right before the very beginning of the first game of this season, um, Denzel's, like, old boss or, like, mentor figure is, like, sorry about this. Like, I, I might have put you in a bad situation here. He's, like, I just heard from the board, like, that they're 
they really are looking for any excuse to fire you from the head coach position and give it to the white guy, um, Hayden's dad. And he's like, so if you so much as lose one game, you're out of here. So every game, Denzel is basically fighting for his job. And so there's all these, like, um, dynamics at play between the boys, between the coaches, the racial, like, tension at the time. And then one of the characters gets in an accident and it kind of brings them together. I don't want to spoil too much. (laughs) But it's a great movie. It's really good. I highly recommend watching it. I feel like it's the first... I feel like as I watched it at school, I'm like, this is how I was introduced to, like, the concept of, like, racism. And it's literally takes place in the 1970s. Like, you would think that it was older, but it's just, it's not. It's these, the tension and the history is, like, way more recent than we give it credit for. Yeah, it's a good one. Remember the Titans is really good. Highly recommend it. What about Hayden? Tell us more about Hayden in this movie. She plays the coach's daughter, and she's just a hoot the whole time. She's, like, very feisty, and several times, like, the men make comments. They're like, shouldn't you just, like, play with dolls or something? And she's like, no, I like football. And Denzel has a daughter who's her age, and so he, like, sets them up. He, like, tries to get them to be friends. And his daughter is just, like, not having the tomboy thing at all. She's like, what are you wearing you look crazy she's like I don't want to do that I don't want to she's like I I don't want to throw a football I just did my nails and it's like (laughs) cute they're kind of like they like rub off on each other and then they're like watching the games together and the girl is like oh my gosh Cheryl I don't care and then by the end of the movie she's like wait Cheryl explain it to me what's happening wait what what's happening because Cheryl's like losing her mind in the stands like the whole movie She's great in it. I mean, she really, she's a fantastic young actress. She really should be in movies. Yeah, yeah, she really should. She should pursue it. I hope they discover her. I hope they discover her soon. (laughs) She's a good little actress. Um, Also in 2000, this was around the time where she uh, started being homeschooled. Right as she was entering middle school. Yeah, because of just too many conflicts right with her acting probably I mean we can assume this is this is just I don't know that's usually how it goes though with uh with child stars she was very busy around this time she was and yeah dropped out of regular school well that happens <laughs> it does it happens often um that brings us to 2001 yeah uh Paige have you seen the affair of the necklace no, I watched the trailer, um, but I have not seen this one. Well, okay, so you watched the trailer. So do you do have an idea of what's, what it's about? Okay, because I went I do, into this yeah. with just the title. And for me, the affair right. of the necklace is like giving romance novel, message in a bottle, uh, like my grandmother's Nora Roberts paperback books. Like that's what I thought. This is like yeah. a okay. historical movie, historically accurate for the like, I mean, it takes liberties, but it's based on a true story that's like a turning point in French history. It's like about Marie Antoinette 
and like this scandal that leads or helps cause the downfall of the French monarchy, starring Hilary Swank as old Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> I, know. I like that. I like how you turned that around. That's good. Yeah. Um, was the movie good? Was it entertaining? It was good. It actually was good. Yeah. And there's some like, I mean, it's a big, it's a big cast. Um, let me tell you, let me just name a few names. We've got Adrian Brody, Christopher Walken, Brian Cox, Simon Baker, Hillary Swank, as I said, but Christopher Walken plays this like absurd, like Count de Cristo with like this silly curly mustache and like a monocle. And he's just like a caricature of like an old timey villain. And he. <laughs> Christopher Walken, that's a uh, Amanda connection. I know. I know. Amanda Vines. Amanda Vines. And Christopher Walken were in Hairspray together. Yes. Yes, they were. Um, so essentially, the affair of the necklace is like Hayden Panettiere when she's a kid. I want you to just close your eyes and picture Hayden, but like kind of dressed like a, a little Marie Antoinette, you know, like in that style mm-hmm. of clothes. And she's swinging on a on a swing outside of like her beautiful French like manor. And she's, like, having a great time. And then she's, like, laughing with, like, her dad on a horse, okay? And then suddenly the French army, like, comes in and, like, starts, like, attacking her dad. And they, like, set something on fire and they, like, behead him. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. Or they at least kill him. They at least kill him because... They felt like he was, like, working against the monarchy, okay? I think he was, like, a little bit more of, like, a socialist, if you will. Mm, he's a bad um, boy. He was a bad boy. And so they, like, revoked her, like, status. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. they, like, you're no longer this. Like, they kind of, like, took her name. They, like, they wanted to, like, sh- end her family's line. And they, like, kicked her out of, like her manner okay and then she spends like the rest of her life like wanting to get it back and so the affair of the necklace is like this basically plan that she concocts to blackmail the like archbishop into (laughs) giving her like favor with Marie and it uh it's very confusing. <laughs> but she concocts this whole elaborate plan where they basically, like, trick the, like, religious guy who's, like, a scumbag. He's, like, tries to, uh, like, trigger warning, um, like, SA some characters. He's, like, with a lot of, like, sex workers and, like, um, pl- like, preaching all this like piety and and just acting you know really shady and gross and bad okay mm-hmm. and he's like talking about all like the children that he's had murdered because they've you know like not good vibes okay and Marie Antoinette the queen doesn't like him either because he like slighted her and so essentially Hillary Swank with the help of a well-informed like 
handsome gigolo, a.k.a. Simon Baker, he's, like, helps her basically, like, get favor with this guy. And she pretends that she's friends with Marie Antoinette. And she's like, I can help bridge that relationship for you. And she starts helping them, like, correspond. But she's catfishing him. Like, she's writing the letters. And she has, like, a forgery of, like, the queen's, like, stamp and everything. So she's kind of, like, flirting with him in these letters, too. So this guy is falling in love with with who he thinks is Marie Antoinette, right? And then her husband's mistress is this actress who impersonates Marie Antoinette. And so they get her to like meet him in the garden in like with like a veil on and like give him a rose. And essentially they trick him into thinking that Marie Antoinette wants this really expensive necklace that she doesn't actually want. And they get him to like be like the guarantor of the necklace but the real plan is for them to steal the necklace and sell the gems so that she can like buy her manor back. So it's like this whole scheme with letters and blackmail and it like has massive implications because it makes the people turn on Marie Antoinette even more. They're like, wow, you're corrupt. Like you're working with the archbishop. You're getting a million dollar necklace when we're starving. And it like leads to her ultimate like tragic ending you know mm-hmm. where she's killed by the people and guillotined very interesting stuff yeah, it is is Hayden just in that opening scene she's in the opening scene and then a couple of flashbacks when like Hillary Swank needs to like look back and feel sad it'll like cut to Hayden who's like screaming as her like father is being like beaten up by the police mm-hmm. so it like cuts and then it cuts to her like running in a field you know later on but yeah pretty much just a couple of those early flashback scenes mm-hmm. <laughs> and she has brown hair whoa brown hair. interesting I couldn't even mm-hmm. picture that she's such a yep. blonde well I'll post I'll try to post something you should have led with that that's that's interesting brunette Hayden Penetier <laughs> Well, she also wears a brunette wig in an episode of Heroes, not to spoil, but at one point she wears a wig. <laughs> Huge spoilers for Heroes coming up. Huge. There's wigs. Huge. Um, you also watched Joe Somebody. God, I've been doing a lot of talking this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you're going way more in depth than we normally do. <laughs> Am I? We watch- yeah. Yes. Which is great, but yeah, we, we these are more 50, these are 50. like complicated history stories, and I don't know, like, you, cut me off. <laughs> no, I no, it's great. It's 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 informative stuff. <laughs> I just don't have as much to say about you know dinosaur. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> but I don't think I mean Joe. Somebody I don't know. Let's see how in depth this one can get. Oh, talk about toxic masculinity! This movie is the freaking worst. It's a Tim Allen movie, okay? And it basically starts with like he's a good single dad. Like he he's a good single dad, but his wife left him because he's like a loser. They say they're like you're nobody, okay? And 
he like works at like a dead end job like that's like an office job though and he's like supposedly this like wannabe playwright which like I have a really hard time picturing Tim Allen as a wannabe playwright <laughs> right yeah and then his no, of ex course. and his ex-wife like left him and her new like um boyfriend is Ken Marino and like oh when- we love Ken Marino Professor Wilder. They, like, make out in front of Tim Allen all the time, and, like, they're, like, really overtly sexual in front of him, and, like, Tim Allen just kind of, like, sits back and, like, takes it, and it's just, like, sad, okay? And then it's bring your daughter to work day, okay? So he brings his daughter, who is, like, tomboy Hayden Penetier. I want you to think layered shirts. I want you to think beanie, skateboard. Oh, okay. Okay? Got it. And yep. she's very much like a daddy's girl, okay? So mm-hmm. they are pulling up to like the work parking lot. And um oh there's oh I forget the actor's name, but who's that guy with that really deep voice? Um I'm gonna need more than that, I I think. Fair, fair. Hold on, wait, let me just let me just look it up. Is there can you think of any other projects he's been in? Maybe that'll help. Patrick Warburton. Warburton. Oh, yeah. That is, yeah, the guy with the deep voice. That was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty good. What else, pretty apt. What else is he in? How do I know him? Oh, he's in a million things. I don't even know. Oh, he's, he's Kronk. He's so many things. He's Kronk. Yeah. Okay. So Kronk <laughs> is there, and he pulls into the last parking spot. And Tim Allen's like, hey, this is the... 10-year parking lot and Kronk's only worked at the company for seven years like he needs to park in the other parking lot okay so and he has like a better car than Tim Allen okay and Hayden's like it's fine dad like we can just park somewhere else and he's like no no it's okay I'm just gonna ask him so he like gets out of his car and he's like hey you parked in the wrong spot like you know please let me park here otherwise I've got to park down there with my daughter and it's bring your daughter to work day and he's like yeah well that's a shame because uh, now your daughter's going to have to watch me beat you up and he just like slaps him in the face and Tim Allen is like knocked out by this and it mm. doesn't seem like that hard of a slap I'm going to be honest not to victim blame but he's just like oh no you beat me up and I'm like he literally slapped you like it's not he's not that strong but essentially all of the people in the company and his daughter witness this public humiliation right and he Mm -hmm. loses it he has like a full like ego break like loses his mind okay and then Julie Bowen who's like the wellness coordinator of the company goes in to check on him and he's like having a bender like he's like absolutely spiraled he like won't let Hayden Penetier see him it's like sad okay and she's like hey it's okay like it's okay and then he's like you know what you're right it is okay and you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna challenge him to a fight and I'm gonna fight him publicly in front of all our coworkers, and I'm going to kick his ass and it's going to solve all my problems. And Julie Bowen is like, no, no, please don't, please don't do that. Uh, uh, and then he does. And then that like makes him very popular and everyone's like, Hey Joe, like you're the best. 
and then he starts dressing better and then he like does his hair and then he just becomes like a full asshole you know mm-hmm. and Julie, Julie Bowen was like I was falling for the other you like not this like version of you and she like volunteers for the big sister program and it like plays basketball and like she like literally gets the full on ick for him because he's like just becomes the worst um also mm-hmm. interesting fun little n- connection here is that jo- Julie Bowen's boss is Greg German who is in Ally McBeal with Hayden Panettiere so coming up wow coming up yeah but he's disgusting and he's like he tells everyone that he had sex with Julie Bowen and it's like um you're her boss that's despicable and there's some like gross like sexist stuff in this like at one point he's like where's Julie Bowen and this old man's like she's over there and he's like are you sure and he's like I'm an 82 year old man I definitely know where the 31 year old woman is at all times like oh okay gross but okay ew it's it's weird and also there's like this whole thing where Tim Allen goes to this martial arts studio run by Jim Belushi and is like, I'm going to learn how to fight. And then women are going to be attracted to me because I'm good at martial arts. And then Hayden and her mom like walk by him doing martial arts. And like the divorced mom who like left him is like, ooh, like your dad looks good. And it's like, I'm sorry, no woman has ever been attracted to a man after seeing him do martial arts. Like, not Tim Allen, at least. Ladies love martial artists. I don't think ladies love their 40-year-old white men martial artists. Like, I, someone hasn't watched Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I My Cobra Kai is showing. <laughs> yeah, your, lack, your, your Cobra Kai... Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your lack of Cobra Kai knowledge is showing. That wasn't... It's Cut like there's this scene with Hayden. <laughs> oh no. Our live has been flagged because it violates community guidelines. Okay. Your live has been flagged. All right. <laughs> I guess I should go. <laughs> um, I will say another thing is that Hayden is in this scene where she's staying at her mom's apartment. And her mom, like, comes out in a bathrobe and starts digging through Hayden's backpack. And Hayden, like, wakes up with, like, a flashlight. And she's, like, busted. And her mom's, like, uh, nothing. Like, I was just getting a piece of gum. And she's, like, you were getting my keys so you could go seduce dad. And she's, like, no, I wasn't. And she's, like, show me what you're wearing under the robe. And she, like, opens the robe and she's, like, wearing lingerie. And Hayden's, like... don't go back to dad like literally has to like therapize her mom and uh, her mom says to her I'm supposed to be the mother here and Hayden goes oh you're a mother all right (laughs) like a mother what does that mean like a mother effer I think I don't know oh okay gotcha very weird very weird this movie would never be remade but it does kind of capture something about the male experience and what it's like to be a white man who's been humiliated 
Mm. Really touching stuff. Yeah. Fragile egos and all. It's really, it's about fragile egos. Well, I'm glad I will never have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also in 2001, she was in another made-for-TV movie called Chestnut Hill. And this one is not available online. Couldn't find it anywhere. I did um, as much research as I could about it. It is about a surgeon who is trying to adjust to life after retirement. Okay. And that's all I know. Hayden is playing a retired surgeon. <laughs> that would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> she's like a Doogie Howser, um, retired. That would be amazing. Yeah, she's like, I just want to live my life. Um, the, it also stars Patrick Dempsey. Wow. Who is, of course, Dr. McDreamy. And he is, um, he's not in the same films as Hayden Penetier, but he is also in the Scream franchise. He's in Scream 3, and she's in 4 and 6. Oh, I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. I call him Dr. McScreamy. <laughs> That's really good. I'm really proud of you for that. Like That's that? really good. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for that. I shouldn't put it out there publicly. It's going to get stolen. Um, but it, what would the effects of that be? I wouldn't get the credit anymore. But if you're the one putting it out there, it you're putting it out there. It's on record. That's true. They'll, it'll be a term coined by podcaster Paige Smith. Yes. <laughs> That's how people will have to cite it in like, you know, yes. educational like texts. <laughs> yes. And all the academic papers that will be written about us and that. Yeah. Exactly. Dr. McScreamy, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> it also has Riley Smith in it, who is, uh, he was the love interest in Motocrossed. You oh. know that guy? He's got the eyebrows. I was thinking, yeah, with the blonde hair. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you said Riley Smith, like I immediately went to Riley from Buffy and I don't know why. Um, oh, yeah. Motocross. Is that guy also in... Um, What's the other Disney movie with him? He's in a lot. He was in a lot of things of the, Blitz? around this time. Blitz. What's that movie called that everyone loves about skating? Brink. Brink. <laughs> Are you thinking of Eric Von Detten? Yes. Okay, yeah. So it's not, not him. different guy, but same type of guy. Blitz. Brink. Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> you that said it with shameful. so much confidence too. You were like, "Are you talking about Blitz?" No, I didn't. I was saying that was my that was my unconfident voice. I was like, "Are you talking about Blitz? 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 That's what I sounded like." Okay, we can roll the tape. I really, I thought you would. I thought you were more of a Brink girl. I yeah, I'm bringing shame to myself. I just really, I forgot the term. That's okay. Uh, I'll forgive you. Different guy, but right idea. <laughs> <laughs> Same guy, different font. You, yeah, pretty much. Also, Riley from Buffy, I would say. Same guy, different font. Honestly, they're all kind of a Walmart version of Chad Michael Murray, if you will. <laughs> and Chad you Michael know? Murray is the Target version of Brad Pitt. <laughs> That's really high praise. <laughs> it is. I, I For both of them, else. somehow. That's a compliment uh, to both of them. <laughs> I didn't know where else to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's Chestnut Hill. It, I don't think Doctor McScreamy is the surgeon either. <laughs> that would be fitting that, though. He's a it doctor. Would be. 
He is a doctor. Well, um, then she was on an episode of Law & Order SVU, which yeah. is this too I scary watched. for me to watch. Good. Because <laughs> you know I can't. Is? I can't watch Law & Order. Oh, Literally, wow. even the bump bump makes my heart race. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. I actually had never seen an episode of Law & Order SVU before this. I don't get why there's a whole show about rape. It's, like, sad and scary and horrible. It's because there are a lot of sex crimes. I I, like it's a huge. There are so many sex crimes every single second that are happening. I think it's probably like a good thing. Yeah, it probably is. Whenever I'm a kid, I'm like going through the channels and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't want to see something that will traumatize me. And I have just from flicking through the channels. It's just like one little thing. And I'm like, or you get sucked in and you watch five minutes of something. Then it's stuck in your brain forever. I don't know. Yeah. I like true crime, but I don't like to watch shows about crime I think there's something about seeing it that sticks with me way more than just like hearing a story about it interesting okay yeah I can see that um well yeah so in 2001 Hayden Panettiere was on the first episode of Law and Order SVU that she would be in she was actually in a total of two episodes um but the first one was in 2001 and she played Ashley who is the sister of a victim of molestation, maybe. We're not really sure. A potential uh, victim. And, yeah, and he, um, in the very beginning of the story, gets hit by a car by who we think is his molester, okay? Oh, the the, the brother. The it's brother. Her brother. Yeah, the her brother. brother. Okay, gets, gets hit by the car. The brother dies. And yeah, the brother dies. Okay. Um, so that's what brings Olivia Benson and Christopher Maloney's uh, character to into the story. All right. They're like investigating. Taylor this. Swift's cat? What is she doing there? <laughs> yeah. It's good. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> Honestly, that's the only reason I remember her name at all. So. <laughs> Um, but they sort of discover that Ashley is being neglected by her famous parents. She has these celebrity parents who don't really pay her any attention. Um, and Ashley takes a liking to Olivia right off the bat. She's like, wants to be her best friend. She keeps saying, she's like, this is my friend Olivia. And when Olivia comes around to like ask questions, she's like, oh, are you coming to hang out with me? And Olivia's like, no. Um, but I wasn't basically Olivia is the only person who's like fighting for this kid everybody else is like what can we do her parents ignore her but like you know that that's not a crime even after there's even after their son dies so the famous people's son dies yeah yeah okay yeah and how old is Hayden in this like 10 um yeah 10 ish okay right 11 something like that um but I they go they end up going to like court uh olivia is trying to make a case for why ashley shouldn't live with these parents anymore and i've never seen an episode of law and order svu before so i guess this was it surprised me but maybe it's normal the episode ends with ashley just going back and living with her parents again her neglectful parents (laughs) it's just a sad kind of wet fart of an ending like (laughs) It's like, yep, and the system failed her. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, wah, wah. Like, that's how it ends. And they, her mom is a famous, like, singer. And she's not been at home 
a lot to take care of her kids. And the judge basically says, like, you should cancel your European tour that you're about to go on so that you can stay home with Ashley. And she's like, absolutely, I'll do that. Like, I want to keep my family together. And then it ends with them realizing that she didn't cancel it and she's going back to Europe. (laughs) And that's it. That's the last we hear of Ashley. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is, I didn't know they could end like this. It's like a non-ending. It's like so unsatisfying. So unsatisfying. It'd almost be worse if then you like see like, you find out Ashley was the killer or something. You know what I mean? Like you want That would at least else. feel like a conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, mm-hmm, it just, just kind of petered out. <laughs> well, speaking of petering out, is it time to end the episode? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> Well, this was a very historical history, Duffs. I apologize yes. <laughs> for my long-windedness. You guys have to check out these stories, though, because I don't know if I did them justice. They are very complicated <laughs> and nuanced. And you did a great job. You you did a really good job. I don't know if anyone can follow my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Comment below if you can't follow Hope's train of thought. <laughs> And subscribe to us on Instagram and TikTok and here where you're listening on your podcast Subscribe to our Instagram. (laughs) You sound so old. What? You don't say subscribe? Follow? Follow? Follow. Follow for follow. (laughs) Follow for follow. Well, Uh, I'm Hope Carew. I'm Paige Smith. And this has been History Duffs Presents Hayden Penetier. Part two, the Hayden Panettiera. Woohoo! Woohoo!